You ever feel like you've got too much to do and you're the only one that can do it? Like you've got all these uh, plates and you're trying to keep them balanced and, you know, at first you do a pretty good job with it. You run over here and you spin this plate or that plate and and then one of them begins to wobble and and you go over and tweak it and you get it spinning properly and then a couple of things begin to wobble and now you're racing back and forth and physically and emotionally you just get run down. And at some point, you've got to kind of turn up the octane and you, you start pushing harder. You start working longer and you start competing a little more intensely in, in your life. And what's interesting is some people then begin to take on a little more responsibility with no real plan except keep the plates spinning. Some even add plates at that point, and they kind of wear it like a badge of honor, like, hey, check me out, look at everything I'm doing. And after a while, fatigue sets in, and we kind of got this mentality that fatigue is next to godliness. There's something to be proud about getting worn out, or so we think. And the reality is, at some point, you have to shift gears. Because you can't keep all the plates spinning. And what usually takes place, unfortunately, is randomly the plates begin to fall. Now, don't raise your hand, but you can answer this in your heart. Does anybody feel like things are out of control in your life? Do you feel like if you added one more plate or that you're worried maybe the plates are going to fall, that you can't keep them, them spinning anymore. You can't handle what's going on. Maybe it's time to pause. And I always think about Psalms 46 when my life gets a little crazy, and that is be still and know that I'm God. I'm exalted among the nations, exalted among the earth. You know, I think God would say to you, if that's how you're feeling today, unplug. Unplug the treadmill. Get off that corporate stairmaster. You know, slow down. Stop climbing long enough to get perspective in your life. I think God would tell you that he loves you. I think he'd say, just slow down. You're not living the way that I designed you to live. And I know why the plates are spinning out of control. Because you need balance. You need balance. And we're wrapping up our series, uh, Simplicity. We've been talking about simplifying our lives, uh, about living life to its fullest, living to our our full God-given potential. And last week, we talked a lot about priorities and, and values and we raised two questions that were kind of clarifying questions to help us kind of keep our lives online, so to speak. And I said, you have to decide two things. You have to decide what's important, but you also have to decide what is not important. Those are, those are equally uh, important things we need to, to focus on in, in our lives. Uh, And if you weren't here, I'd encourage you to download the message because 
I'm going to piggyback what we talked about last week. Because once you've decided what is important in life and what is not important, what you've got to do is take steps to begin to live that out in your life in light of the, the values that you've chosen. And this is where things get really difficult. Because I, I think at that point, the, the process is complicated because of several things. One, financial pressures. Financial pressures will cause you to get turned upside down in your life. When that gets out of balance, you begin to think differently. Time pressures will press you as well. Uh, anybody got time pressures these days? Too much to do, not enough of you to go around? And then relational pressures will also confuse you on what's important and what's not important. You may be sitting next to the person that's creating those pressures right now. And when you have a problem with someone under your roof, things get complicated, don't they? That's why uh, at the holidays, things, uh, people get up tight. And it's not because Santa Claus is coming to town, trust me. It's because family's coming to town, <laughs> you know. Don't send me any nasty letters about that either. So, I mean, it's true. We, we get up tight. And what I want to share today is some things that I've learned through the years. Most of which, if I was honest with you, I learned the hard way. I learned the hard way. Things I, I learned growing up, things I've learned as a husband, as a father, as a pastor. Things for dealing with those various pressures, those financial, those time and relational pressures in life. And along the way, I, I learned this and it was painful at times, but I learned the power of a couple of words, and that's the words yes and no. You see, those two words define us. Those two words say, I'm in or I'm out. I'm going to be a part of that or I'm not going to be a part of it. And the fact is that when you, when you look at those two words, they sound simple, don't they? But most of us struggle with those words. And today what I want to do is ask you to consider, is there some area in your life today where you're saying yes and you ought to be saying no? Or is there some area where you're saying no and you ought to be saying yes? Because they sound like simple words, yes, no, but it is amazing how casual we are with them. You know, we, we have a problem saying the right one at the right time in the right way, in the right setting. And often what happens is we give in to the pressure of a moment. You know, even if it doesn't support our values, what we say is important. And I bet if you were honest, if you were to take a look at your life right now, the areas where there's a lot of pressure, where things are out of balance, if you were to look at it objectively or let someone else look at it, the reason why it's out of balance, I'd almost put money on this, is because you said yes to something you should have said no to. Or you said no to something you should have said yes to. You know, someone said, will you do this? Will you do that? Will you attend this? Will you go here? Will you lead this? Will you pay for this or that? You know, would you, would you like to buy this car? 
has a payment book the size of an Encyclopedia Britannica. It'll do you well, you know. Would you watch my hyperactive insomniac triplets for me while my wife and I move to Florida? <laughs> Would you mind going out with my second cousin if I can get him to take a bath, huh? You know. Think about it. In your mind, you had a clear no. And to your own surprise, you said yes. People do it all the time. You know, Jesus, I think Jesus understood the importance of these words. And it's amazing how you can read God's word and you just kind of skim over things. But Jesus says, simply let your yes mean what? And let your no mean no. Jesus says if you can use these words correctly, it's critical. And friends, I talk to people all the time whose lives are are out of balance. Things are out of balance in their life. And they, they tend to have this illusion when I have a conversation with them that they didn't have a choice about the way they're living. That somehow they're a victim in this situation, that, you know, my life is exhausting, it's unmanageable, it's out of control, and it's because of, and we blame all kinds of things. We blame our work, we blame our parents, blame our family, our spouse, our friends, our finances, as though we have no choice about it. There's nothing we can do. There's no way I can find balance. It's just the way it is. And friends, you've got choices to make in life. Hebrews 9.27 says, For it is appointed to every human being once to die and then the judgment. You know, as sure as we are in this room right now, there's a day coming when we're going to stand before God and we're going to give an account of our life. And trust me, you're not going to be able to say, Well, you know, my work just caused me to mess my life up. My spouse, my kids, what, whatever. You see... If you do not have a clear sense of who God made you to be, who God's called you to be, what you end up doing so easily is you end up overcommitting, you end up exhausted, you end up self-absorbed, you end up resentful, you end up feeling guilty in your life, and ultimately you miss God's plan. And so what I want to do is kind of apply yes and no, to different areas where we feel the pressure that I think mess us up. And one of them is in the area of finances. And I know that the very first thing I'm going to say is going to sound un-American, and it is going to go against the culture uh, in our day. But you have to learn to say no to some things in your life. You have to say no to some purchases in life. You have to say no to some things that you really can't afford. And this is all relative according to where you're at in life. But I have watched people get jammed up on this one. Because they said yes to something that they should have said no to. And I know some of some of you are in high school right now. Some of you in college. Some of you are thinking about getting married. Uh, you start in your, your first job. Maybe you're thinking about starting a family. 
And the temptation is to spend more than you make. I see people do it all the time. You know, uh, couples uh, getting married, trying to figure out where they're going to go on their honeymoon. You know, it's one of those, it's like, okay, we're going to go to the French Riviera or the Mexican Riviera. I mean, we could do it, put it on our charge card. Now, what they don't say is pay for it the next 10 years of our lives. Or, or, or do we drive our Buick Riviera <laughs> down to Memphis for a couple days? Hmm. <laughs> pay cash for the honeymoon. You see, here, here's what I've figured out about people. Unfortunately, in the financial realm, we get twisted up here. And most people do, do not address this area till it's too late, till they're working a job that they hate, earning money to pay for things that they can't even enjoy, working harder and longer. And get this, they're not even able to engage or enjoy the people that they say matter most to them in life. You know, Scripture says the borrower is a slave to the lender. At some point, friends, you have to make a decision in your life to live within your means. And, you know, as bad and un-American as that sounds, the reality is it's one of the reasons we get out of balance, why we don't major in what's important. We end up just trying to make a living, trying to keep this cash cow going. You've got to make a decision in your life to live within your means. There's something very freeing when you're not under the gun of finances. I mean, if you don't make that decision at some point in life, Guess what happens? Priorities get turned upside down. I've seen it hundreds of times. Talk to people. They go, I know. I know my kids are just going to be little for a while. And I know I'm missing a lot of stuff. But I got bills to pay. I couldn't have all this stuff if I didn't work the extra hours. And by saying yes to stuff that's really beyond our grasp, we create this pressure. This pressure. We create a situation, get this, we're saying yes to all this stuff, and we're saying no to the things that we say matter most. Does that make sense? You know, Cindy and I, early in our marriage, decided that we were going to say yes to God in this area of our lives, which meant saying no to some things in our lives. You know, and, and here's what's interesting is I figured out when we said yes to God, it opened God up to saying yes to us. I also fi- have figured out through the years that it alleviates a lot of pressure, a lot of stress, because God gets involved in our finances. And I, I believe God has honored that. As we've honored him, he, he's honored that commitment. You know, I, I've talked about this, and this for another message another day, but a really good plan, especially young, young people. Give God the first 
Take the next 10%, put it in the bank. Give it to yourself. And then live on 80%. Live within your means. And what happens in that is by saying no to some purchases in your life, saying no to some things, it, it frees you up because what you have is when you hit tough times, you got God to lean on. You can trust God. And you got a nice little nest egg you've put back so that you can kind of draw on it in a rainy day. And trust me, rainy days come, right? Those of you that are older, right? Rainy days come, right? Yes, no. Powerful words. Got to kick them in when it comes to finances. You got to choose wisely. Second area is time pressures. Yes and no are powerful words when it comes to schedule. Now, how many of you, as you think about, we just come out of Thanksgiving, you're getting ready to go into what I call the Christmas rat race. How many of you have more things to do than you realistically can get done? Seriously. I mean, anybody run ragged? Now, this is just my observation, okay, my opinion. But you've got to say no to some things that are destructive in life. Some of the uh, extracurricular activities that become destructive. And and I want to emphasize the word destructive because uh, there are a lot of things you can get involved in. There are a lot of things that your kids can do and that you can connect and be a part of. And I've said this before and throughout this series especially is that it is not a choice. I do not believe that anyone here this morning, says, you know, I'm going to choose between bad and good. I just can't decide. Hmm. That's not our problem. Our problem is not between bad and good. Here's the challenge in life, is to choose between good and great. See, there are a lot of activities that are good. They're healthy. They're fun. They're productive. You know, they they meet particular needs in our life. But friends, you can get so many things going on in your life that it's destructive. And here's what I mean. Destructive to your family relationship. Destructive to your health. Destructive to getting the proper amount of rest in your life. Destructive to communication in the home. Destructive to your spiritual life. And I, I, we'll just kind of play this one out. Well, let's say, you know, you got a got a child. Now, one of the problems today is is keeping our kids healthy, right? I mean, it, it seems like because we're we're not a society that physically does labor the way we used to and stuff that that that's a problem. You know, kids would rather sit and play Xbox. I like playing Xbox, but you know, getting activity. So we sign them up for about three different sports. Now think about this. How healthy is this? You know, we're, we're running every night of the week. So we're run down. We're ragged. We're tired. We're doing homework on the fly because after all, it's secondary. And we drive through McDonald's and order a Big Mac and fries every night because we don't have time to cook. Now that's healthy. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. When I begin to look at the larger picture, you know, God says, is it impacting in a negative way? I mean, how do you stop the insanity? Well, I think you got to leverage a really powerful word. No. 
It means saying no to some things that we would like to do because it's destructive in other areas. And again, don't misunderstand me. You know, find balance in your life. You know, we ought to find balance when it comes to hobbies and sports and interests and opportunities and all, all this stuff. You know, through the years, I've always had a lot of opportunities. You know, I get offers to do this or that or to be here or speak at that or lead this particular thing or to be a guest of someone. And most of those things, honestly, are good things. Fun things, cool things. And early in my ministry, I used to say yes a lot. And what would happen is I'd get run down. I'd emotionally get drained. And get this. I found I started giving my family leftovers. And I was always trying to make it up. Just a little hint, you can't make stuff up. You just can't. See, you got to decide. And, I, you know, I decided I would say no a lot. You know why? I said no because I wanted to say yes to the better things in life, like my wife, my kids, these days my grandkids, my health. You know, it's not enough. Hear this, and guys, I'm going to pick on you a little bit. It is not enough for your family to know that you love them in your heart. I hear people say, well, they know I love them. That's not enough. They want to know that you love them in your schedule. They want to know that they have a priority there. You know, my grandkids were in for Thanksgiving. And uh, I'll just be blunt. I, I wish I knew now what I... I wish I knew when my kids were growing up what I know now. Because what I do... If I got to work a little harder, I clear my schedule when the grandkids are coming to town. And it was a short week because of Thanksgiving, and so I had a few things that I needed to do after they got there. And so came a point, and I said, look, Grandpa's got to go do some things. We'll play Jumping Monkeys when I get done. Now, Jumping Monkeys is a really cool game, and uh, it's, uh, they, love, they love playing this game. And so I went downstairs, and I was working on some stuff on the computer. Now, Isabella's four, and uh, Ethan's three, and Dason's going to be two. And um, so they would plow in. You know how this goes, like, every five minutes. Grandpa, Grandpa. Yeah? Are we going to play jumping monkeys when you get done? Yes, when, when Grandpa gets done, we'll play Jumping Monkeys. Grandpa, in they come. I finally, I just thought, well, here we go. And I just played. Friends, the power of yes and no. Sometimes you got to say no so you can say yes to something much greater. And I'll be honest with you, I never remember a time when our two girls, as they were growing up in the house, that they came to me and said, you know, Dad, we've really played enough. Could you, like, go back to work, you know, do something in the office? I never remember Cindy ever saying to me, you know, honey, I wish you worked more, and I wish you didn't help around the house so much. 
hear this. Asking your family to live on leftovers, it flies in the face of everything that God's word says. Yes, no, powerful, powerful words when it comes to schedule. And I'll give you a little clue, parents. Your children do not know how to say no. They need parents to show them the power of those two words. Because otherwise, they grow up and they become adults that can't say no. And I'll just be honest with you. You've got to trust me on this. That is hard to watch when I'll see young adults that don't understand what the word no means. You've got to draw some lines. And if people will go, well, what should those lines be? I, I can't decide that for you. That's, that's something personal. It's between you and God, you and your family. But you've you got to take a look. For some people, you have to draw the line and say, you know what? We're going to do one or two things. For other families, they go, we're going to do these two things this year or whatever. But you've got to draw lines. And here, here's what you watch for, and it's called the red flag. I call it the red flag because when you begin to feel pressure... When you begin to feel a sense of chaos, when it starts impacting other things in a negative way, then you got to back it down a little. you got to say, okay, there's the bar. Learn to say yes. Learn to say no. You know, learn to say yes. Get this. Having dinner together every night. Learn to say yes to an annual vacation. You know, research has shown that those are the two most powerful things that you can do to produce a healthy family. And as you think about it, I mean, those are times of connecting. Those are times of laughing and enjoying and having fun and catching up with one another. What happened during the day? It's a time of praying together. And yes, get this, fighting sometimes, but it's togetherness. And I find it interesting. Anytime the kids are down and we're all sitting around talking, and it's amazing how many times they'll recall something that was a good memory or we'll laugh about. And it has to do with stuff that happened around our dinner table or when we were on vacation. I kind of marvel at that. See, don't underestimate the power of saying yes to those things. And I know some of you are going, well, you know, that's something they did way back when, and I don't think it's so important to eat dinner together. Oh, really? Connect. One more area, and that's relational pressures. Relational pressures. I mean, keeping this in balance. This is a tough one. This is hard work. This requires that we keep our priorities straight. And I've said this throughout the, this series and throughout my ministry. It's God first, your spouse is next, your children, grandchildren, and then move beyond that, friends. And it, if you get that out of balance, it will bite you. It will mess you up. You know, let's start with spouse. You know, saying yes to your spouse about working through relational conflict, that's important. You know, saying yes, that we're going to do whatever it takes to see it through. Saying no 
to like conflict avoidance or sweeping it under the carpet and not, not talking about it. You know, saying yes, maybe to, to counseling, to, to work through different issues in marriage. You know, outside your relationship with God, your spouse's top priority. And hear this, relationships are not built on the run. And I know that the temptation is to come home and kind of check out. And again, I'll pick on guys a little bit. But our tendency, it's like, you know what, I'm exhausted and just we want to chill. And I always think about uh, the movie with Kevin Costner. Remember where the Indians are watching him and they, they name him based on what they observed. And they called him what? Dances with wolves. What would your family name you? Hello, sits at computer. You know. Hey, there's belching in chair, you know. Good night, addicted to ESPN. You know, I don't know. Have you ever thought about what you're really doing? Because here's what I've discovered, that when I step up to the plate as a spouse, what I'm doing is saying yes to spending time together, saying yes to connecting, saying yes to relating and romancing, to to date night, those type of things. Because when you commit to those, what happens is the marriage flourishes. It grows. You know, Proverbs 13 says reliable communication permits progress. It allows you to move forward in life. And too many people get messed up on this. Too many marriages and families get messed up because what happens is the kids come along and a lot of people's tendency is push the spouse off and replace them with the kids. It sounds good, but friends, that'll mess you up. See, what happens is, fast forward now, kids get a little older and trust me, they will start breaking for their independence, some earlier than others. But at some point, when they don't require as much energy, all of a sudden, a couple looks at one another and they go, I don't know you. Who are you? You say no to your spouse long enough. You don't make them the highest priority. And I'll tell you what, your marriage will die. It just will. You've got to make your spouse top priority. It pays in high dividends. And get this, you give your kids a great role model... And you give them a secure, loving environment. And trust me, you will never hear your kids say, Mom, Dad, you just love each other too much. I wish you'd quit it. Stop. You know. You're not going to hear them say that. They're, they're going to wear that and go, I want to be like my parents. God, spouse, kids. Now here's my question. What are you saying yes to in your life that is making you say no to spending time with your family, with your spouse, with your kids? What is it? You know, the one I hear most often, people say work. You know, 
I'm saying yes to work. I've got bills to pay. I have no options. I'm married to my job. You know, I work a lot of overtime because we need the extra cash. And I've touched on this a little bit earlier. But at some point, you've you got to evaluate. You do not have enough energy in your life. And if you run that long enough, pretty soon you lose the ability to be the kind of spouse that you want to be. You lose the kind of, to be the kind of parent or the kind of Christian that, that God wants you to be. I mean, at some point you've got to address that. You know, if you're saying yes to work means saying no to your family on a regular basis, you may need to really take a look at that and say, do I need to make some changes in my life? You know, do I need to sit down with my boss or the company or whatever? Or maybe you got to look for a different job. You know, say yes to spending time with your children. Say yes to spending time with your kids exploring and learning and watching them grow. You know, and say yes to discipline. And I know how this goes because we're worn out. We find it easy just to let things go. You know, because we're not around as much as we'd like to be. What happens is we go, well, I don't want to really make the kids upset and you know i don't like to have a real hard line because i don't see them that much and trust me kids need to hear no they need to hear no they desperately are longing for for parents that, that will draw those lines you know it concerns me these days kids that grow up and they're not hearing the word no they're not learning to live within boundaries and You know, something I figured out, and I think it's just human nature. But kids want to go where the kids want to go, and they want to do what they want to do, you know. But trust me, they will desperately, they desperately just want someone to step in and say, nah, this isn't going to work. You know, have wisdom, set boundaries. Friendships, there's a complicated one. Need balance in our friendships. You know, we need healthy, life giving, God honoring relationships. You know, and I, I think we have a deg- degree of clarity when it comes to this. But, you know, like if you're in a relationship where you, you find that you're the one that keeps it together, you make all the calls, you invest all the energy, and, and you feel like if you didn't do that, that the relationship might die, that it, it, might, it might go defunct on you. That, that The fact is, healthy relationships are two-way. They're mutual, give and take. You know, sometimes we get in these relationships and the other person is extremely needy. You know, I need, I need, give me, give me, 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 me. You know, and I kind of shudder to think about the dynamic of that because it's kind of a relational black hole, so to speak. But you have to be careful because you'll never have enough energy. You'll never have enough emotional charge. And one of the red flags... I think in those type of relationships is if you move between guilt and anger all the time in that relationship. You know, maybe that's a relationship where you need to draw some limits. You know, you've got to evaluate and, and take a look at the various types of relationships that we get involved in. 
You know, if you're the only one that initiates it, you know, maybe, maybe the reality is they're just not as committed to it. You know, and I'll be honest, if that's true, that relationship's in trouble anyway. But you you got to work through this stuff. You know, maybe you're in a relationship where everything drifts your way. You know, where you get help from them all the time. And they do a lot for you. And so them helping you works out pretty well, but it's not a mutual feeling. Like, you don't want to really help them, and I'll be honest about that. That's called using people. That's not healthy either. It needs, needs to be addressed. You've, you've got to take a look. But here, here's a question. Because we live in a society where a lot of people don't even have friends. You know, Ecclesiastes says if one person falls, the other one can reach out and help. But people who are alone when they fall are in real trouble. Maybe... Maybe you're one of those that when you're in a relationship, I mean, this is how you you mess up, okay? You're in a relationship, and all of a sudden, the moment comes to be a little more vulnerable, to be a little more open. And so you say no, when you ought to say yes. See, it requires work. It requires labor but you got to take that risk and here's something how many of you spend more time with the guys you know guys night out girls night out than you do with your spouse or with your kids see you should say yes to your spouse you should should say yes to your kids more than you do your friends Whoa. Sometimes you got to say no. Sometimes you got to say yes. You get the idea here? You got to decide what's important. And once you decide that, you run it through the filter of yes and no. If you say yes, play it out. Play out the scenario. What does this mean if I say yes? And then you got to ask the other side of that. If I say yes, what's it mean that I'm saying no to? And play that out. Because these two things work in tandem. It's going to take wisdom. It's difficult to simplify. It's difficult to get your life in order. It's difficult, and it won't just happen. It's hard work. And again, you've got to remember, when you say yes, you're saying no to something. Always. This morning, the fact that you're here means you said yes, right? You said yes to being at Faith Fellowship this morning. You said yes to connecting with God. You said yes to opening yourself up to the possibility of growth. Some of you said yes to serving this morning. You were in here way before anyone helping out. Some of you said yes to marking eternity. Some of you said yes to your kids being in the zone and allowing the teachers to help prepare them for life and to build a foundation for their life. And as you said yes, it also meant you said no, right? We said no to sleeping in. Thought about it. My wife said I had to be here. You know. 
We said no to shopping. You said no to possibly being trampled at the mall trying to get the last iPhone on the shelf. You said no to the NFL pregame show. We said no to a lot of things. Now, friends, imagine standing before God someday, giving an account of your life and kind of reviewing it and being able to see a life full of freedom, full of strength, a life that made a difference, a life that majored in the majors, a life that got priorities straight, a life that was driven by the things that are really valuable, by God's values. You imagine a life, as you look at it, that marked eternity. Imagine living a life where your spouse says, my husband got it right, my wife got it right. Where your kids say, dad, mom, you hit a home run, man, when you raised me. And how about a life where you're standing before God and God says, well done. Good and faithful servant. Well done. Imagine saying no to the things we ought to say no to. Sin, guilt, busyness, exhaustion. Things that are destructive to our relationship with God, with our spouse, with our kids, our grandkids. Imagine saying no to majoring in the minors. Majoring in things that 100 years from now just won't matter. Can you imagine that? Jesus said, simply let your yes be what? And your no be no. What would you say? Let's stand for a word of prayer. Our holy God, let our yes be yes and our no be no. And God, I pray that we'd all pause and evaluate our lives. That this week we'd just take a look at all the things we say yes to. And just ask the question, is this really what I want to say yes to? And God, we'd look at all the things we're saying no to. And ask in our heart, is that really something I should be saying no to? God, it's so easy to get things off course, to just drift, to end up living life in the minors. God, forgive us when we fail. Most of all, God, I pray you give us the power, the wisdom to readjust. just find that place of simplicity. God, we give you the glory. We give you the praise this day. Amen.